podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome to the LuddaMud.com podcast. Once again, we are here with your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of BloodandMud.com. And joining me this evening, we have the usual gentleman here, which is... Uh, Josh Gardner of RugbyShipWatch.com. It is Josh Gardner. Your voice went a bit funny there. But also joining us joining us this, this week, some say that rather than having clothing items with Days of the Week written on them, he's actually renamed Days of the Week as clothing items instead. <laughs> it's Style and Strongbow's own, Mr Paul Williams. Hello, Paul. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? We are very, oh, very bad. good, and we cannot wait to get stuck into this. The pod is available on Acast. It's available on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, but you know that because you're already listening. You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud. You can get in touch with Josh at Josh Gardner. And you can get in touch with Paul at the Paul Williams. That's right, isn't it, Paul? That is correct. Has anyone been given 280 characters yet? No. And I'm assuming. Yeah, I feel incredibly left out. I've I'm seen some right no marks who've been given 280 characters. Less followers than me and everything. I'm getting really precious about it. I know. It's like, I'm, I, look how fucking verbose I am. I fill up an hour and a half fucking podcast every week and you're telling me that I don't deserve 240 bollocks. It's an outrage, Josh. It is. I'm just it's a fucking disgrace. Thanks for all your reviews and all your contributions that come through to us. It is very, very helpful. Uh, I've got a sort of review and player spotted all in one to start with. Uh, James McKillop. Well, efficient, I like it. Yeah, I like that. James McKillop emails. He says, I'm a big fan of the I'm a big fan of the podcast now, and I'm into my second season of listening. Jeez, I never thought it'd be last that long, but there you go. <laughs> I got it. This is nice. This listen to this. This is really nice. He said, I got into the podcast when I found myself out of work and to fill the time I took to go into the gym with the rugby cop podcast for company. And guess what? I'm not as big as I was then. I'm still going to the gym and have you guys to thank for my improved health and reduced waistline and general bonhomie. Perhaps you should be prescribed on the NHS, he says. How can I self prescribe this? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I bet his, his IQ's dropped about 5%. <laughs> Along with yeah. his waistline. I'll take that, though. It needs a more, more in-depth study, clearly. It's best exactly. It's best not to have too much IQ in these modern times. I think. Look around <laughs> yourself. It's best not to think about things too deeply. Anyway, he's also got a player spotted. He said, one evening when coming out of the said gym, all sweaty and exhausted, I bumped into, literally, Conor O'Shea. He said, I know he lives locally, having seen him in town a few times, I was interested to see what fitness facilities he was about to use, but no, he was only popping in to pick up his child from a swimming club training session. It's disappointing. I'd like to see how much Connor had benched, though. Deceptively yeah. strong. I get the feeling yeah. he's probably, you know, you can't hang around in the sort of environment he hangs around with without learning a little bit of that, surely. Pretty wiry. Yeah. Do you think he's, you know, well, Liam Williams has got council estate strength, as we've established. Do you think that, I don't think Connor's from a council estate, though, has he? Is he? He's from the nice part of Dublin, surely. (laughs) I don't know if he's even from Dublin. Nice part of Dublin strength. Yeah. (laughs) It's not as as snappy a line, is it? Nice part of Dublin strength. 
Right then, what have we got tonight? We're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about what we've learned from the weekend, and then we'll do a bit of Cuthbert Police on Cup, and then we'll do some shit good as well. Paul will be with us for a section of this. Let's talk about some news. England want to dominate and become... They want rugby union to be the most dominant sport. Now, I actually said to this, this seems like a bit of a fool's errand to me, but then I got pointed out that that was just the headline, and what they actually said was that they don't want to be the biggest. You don't have to be the biggest to be the best, they've said. What? Right. So I took a piss out of this a bit, and then loads of people had a go at me for sort of saying, why are you having a go at it so much? Is that because I've been an England fan for fifteen the last 15 years? We've all been here before, and we all know English should be the most dominant team, in certainly in Europe, mm. and it never quite seems to happen. I'm amazed that people seem to want to swallow this all the time. I think that's my, my worry with it. Well, I think the thing is that there's not really any excuse for you not being... Oh, I know that. We all know that. And that's why when they write these wonderful strategies explaining how that's not going to be the case, and <laughs> so people, I go, yeah, that's probably bollocks because we've all been here before. But people are just, True. I don't know, maybe it's because they're younger than me. They seem to want to buy it. I don't know. Yeah, it's they got it's got to click eventually, though, surely. Like, you well, can't believe, Nobody more wants money. that more than me, believe me. <laughs> and we've been here for so long, I don't really know what to do. I mean, we, we as non-English people have greatly enjoyed the look like the last 13 years before last year where you spent a fuckload of money and got almost nothing in return. But like eventually the bigger wallet and all of that stuff will surely tell surely. Yeah. And I, you know, I think those days have gone now because Mm -hmm. annoyingly from the Celtic perspective, I think all of those foundations are now in place. Yeah. You just, you know, you just need to look at the under-20 squads that they keep putting through. And then it's like, well, you just need to look at the squad they're able to pick now. You know, it's so young and youthful. And I think compared to where Wales are, in particular, um, and Ireland and Scotland, with the World Cup two years away, England are miles ahead in terms of yeah. their cycle. You know, it, it looks really good. And I, I think it's, I'm really happy for them, actually. That won't go down well next time I go to Swansea. <laughs> but, you know... It, I think it's good for Northern Hemisphere rugby to be looking looking positive, and England are leading that by, by a long way. Yeah, and at the end of the day, as much as Wales in, and Ireland, and, well, okay, not Scotland, but uh, as much as Wales and Ireland enjoyed a lot of success over the last 10 years, it's kind of, it's good for Northern Hemisphere rugby that England are good, because... It makes it should make everybody else better. What won't be as good is if they just keep winning everything all the time and it becomes very uncompetitive. But yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I was intrigued with was this suggested scrummaging lineout match. Yeah, what oh, was yeah. that about? Yeah, that they're playing together. Now I think right, and I'm big into moving rugby forward and getting out of the, the sort of dusty blazer era. I think that whole thing should be on Facebook Live. Yeah, right. You know, and any broadcaster can pick that up. It's really cheap. Yeah. Just send, you know, BT down there or whatever, right? Stick it on Facebook Live. Millions of people will turn yeah. tune in to watch that. A, it's different. B, there's a really good chance of a fight. Yeah, oh, I'd say oh, you've got a fit. solid 85% chance. Just think about just think when you... Someone will lose their shit and hit someone. That is bound to happen, and I will yeah. tune in. That that used to happen when you had like first team against second team in training at your rugby club with people you actually liked. 
because it used to get too much. It used to get too much of an edge. So imagine when you get into training with the likes of Marla, and you're a Welsh person, and Samson Lee and yeah. Marla are back together with you know no cameras there, no sighting officer. It's going to go yeah. off in oh, a it is major way. The fuck off! It's yeah. going to be brilliant. Well, I, I keep well, trying to find out. I keep, I keep trying to find out where they're going to actually be doing it so that I can pop down because it is local to me. Oh, is it? Oh, it's in Bristol, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's in Bristol, yeah. But they're not so. I doubt it's at Bristol Rugby Facilities, so I'm guessing it's up in Filton. If so, yeah. Any students want to lend me their top floor flat for the afternoon so that I can watch Joe Marler get his head caved in by Alan Jones? I will. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy you a coat. The other thing, right, and looking at events like this in the future, that doesn't even have to be played on a rugby field. No, like you're doing scrummage and lineouts. That's just getting about fifty square feet of astroturf. Yeah, you could do, do that, that anywhere. You don't you even do that. Do that in, you don't even you need astroturf. College Green in the middle of Bristol. That and God, that would get a good crowd. You don't even need astroturf. You need you need a car park around the back of Lidl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll sell the. I'll sell some cans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get Stormbow involved, and we're away. I mean, that's basically the way, like, England will quite like that because that's basically the only way you can get drink outside of Twickenham. So, yeah, <laughs> sell cans out the back of a Volvo and they'll feel right at home. And if with the Facebook I Live thing, you could have you could have the whole, you know, click like, click like if you want somebody to get wind in the next five minutes sort of thing and you could, like, pass it onto <laughs> the pitch. It'll be a brilliant interactive modern sports experience, yet with old-school yeah. violence. It's almost yeah. too perfect. It's also a rugby game without any backs, which is kind of like... <laughs> What's what secretly like? Every, like all forwards secretly wish was the case. It's just the the horrible bits. I think that's like, a really good direction for rugby to go in, though. It feels like almost an NFLE type thing to do. It does, yeah. They they have those sort of joint training camp practices in the NFL, and there's always a fight. <laughs> so <laughs> I am hoping for exactly the same proper thirty man scrap. How do, you, how do you have a how do you have a scrap in the NFL? How do they even um, like reach around and hit each other with helmets and all that stuff? And I'm sorry to be that guy about the NFL, but seriously, how could it even? Well, did they rip the pads off, off and stuff? Do they? I don't oh, know. They, they say they sometimes take the helmet off. In hockey, they they have when they have their like NHL officially sanctioned fights, which is still weird to me. They have to take their helmets and their gloves off before they can have a scrap. Yeah, and it's allowed to keep going to somebody that's the deck in it. In the NHL. Yeah. Maybe that's how rugby should go again. I'm so, I know we're all trying to be a bit, you know, not protecting players, but everyone, everything's on until somebody hits the deck. Seems like the way it seems, you know. If somebody wants to get into a fight, I don't see why you should stop them. No, exactly. Have you ever been to watch ice hockey? I went to watch yes, Cardiff ter- Devils years ago when I lived terrifying. in Cardiff. Yeah, it was terrifying, but also kind of like boring, like bleeding yeah. edge boring. It is boring. <laughs> when you see those guys... They're like six six, about seventeen yeah. stone, and they're doing about one hundred and fifty mile an hour on skid. <laughs> Is that with sticks and blades and knives on their feet, hitting yeah. a piece of Is uranium it... at each other? <laughs> it's yeah, it's a pretty cool. Sport. I think the problem is because I don't understand it. I, I don't like it. You know, when you watch it, you go, I don't, I've got no idea of the tactics. I can appreciate the speed of it, but I've, because I don't know what's... And then they keep blowing things for things like icing. I'm like, I've got... I've no idea. It's probably what rugby union's exactly, like for most people, really. Well, I feel exactly the same when I watch Aussie Rules. I think this is clearly obviously impressive, but I have literally no idea what's going on here. <laughs> I don't like it. That is a game where they literally threw a ball to prisoners. Uh, and just yeah. let him go on with it. Just go fucking mental, lads. And that's basically how the rules appear to me today. 
There are that's, no rules. I don't understand it. And that's lost all of our Aussie rules audience. So, but, did, uh... did, so, <laughs> so did that, yeah, because they're a big section of the audience. Yeah, as well. huge section. Did, did, that, did that cover the Autumn International squads then, that little chat, <laughs> little chat there? Um, can I just carry on with the news before we get on with stuff? Yeah, yeah. Wales's great Warren Gatland winding down order has begun by oh. by him saying, and I quote, "Have I been at Wales for too long? Possibly, but we are in a professional sport, and my current contract means that by finishing in 2019, there is a significant fee for having done that period, a loyalty bonus, basically. Yeah, you have to weigh up your age and your future in the profession, and walking away from those sort of things. That's basically him just in public, isn't it? Going, well, you know, I'm really fed up." I'm old. I can't be asked, but you owe me shitloads of money. So let, yeah. let let's talk turkey, I'm, shall we? Yeah, I'm basically picking up the paycheck for the next two years, is what he's saying. <laughs> but he's he's been like this all week. He's just given no fucks whatsoever, <laughs> and he is just throwing grenades out like they're confetti. It's brilliant. I love it. He's got yeah, full NWA. The... It's fantastic. Yeah. Every couple of days, just pistols going off. <laughs> like you say, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit what he's saying, who he's picking, who he's dropping. It's amazing. Yeah. The next two years are going to be fantastic. Yeah, because he's basically just going to go, well, whatever. Because what was it about the Gatlin's Law Theory? He said, I didn't write it. They just wheeled me in front of the press and made me say something about it. <laughs> yeah, he was basically just like, don't fucking blame me for this Reese Webb thing. It's bad enough that you called the last one Gatlin's Law when it was fuck all to do with me. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Has anyone else got yeah. any news? Uh, uh, Rocket Dagoonies in the England squad, good. Still won't pick him. He's covering fairly daily, isn't he? You got there was quite a few yeah. injuries thing at the weekend, actually. Yeah, it's always the way. Think... As soon as the squads get picked, injuries. Yeah, I think the biggest news in Wales outside of Gatland, sort of going full Donald Trump every day, <laughs> is that he's the squad he's picked is so unlike Warren Gatland. Yeah, just picked four ball players at inside centre, which he's never ever done. You know, it's always been a Jamie Roberts or forcing Scott Williams to, to perform that role. Yeah, what's really interesting is he hasn't even given himself that choice. So it's almost like he's a fat lad who's gone on a diet and can't even have chocolate in the house. Yeah, <laughs> he's gone. I can't even look at it. If I pick Jamie Roberts, he'll be starting a 12 for the entire autumn. I can't so I can't help it. myself. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> And he'll get to midnight, second weekend of the Six Nations. He'll have a craving. He'll go straight yeah. to the cupboard and get Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a wonderful image, isn't it? <laughs> it's, an incredibly, then... it's an incredibly right analogy, though. It's spot on. So it's, that was quite interesting. What's the story with Scott Williams then? Is he just dropped? Yeah. Yeah, he's just dropped, which is which is quite unusual. And it's particularly unusual to drop him essentially for Hadley Parks, who's in the same squad. So quite how that's gone down at the Scarlets, I don't know. But, I mean, I'm I'm over the moon that Hadley Parks has been picked. He you is my man crush. Yeah, after Keegan Reed. Just before Ben Smith. <laughs> So it, yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think you basically got him in the squad with your effusive praise alone, Paul. I mean, that's what got him in, and that's yeah. also what James Davis dropped. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> should have seen the abuse I had after James Davis was dropped because I didn't pick him for Wales. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, you know, you need to use your influence in a more, you know, of choosing a squad in better, don't you? Yeah, my God. 
You appear to only be able to influence Scarlet's players, though. So it's a weird. It's a weird. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this Wales squad because, as some people have pointed out, he had ball players with the Lions in the summer, and it didn't exactly create a festival of running rugby apart from a few Liam Williams moments. Well, no, and well, he said Gatland alluded himself in quite an amusing way about how they basically lied before they went to New Zealand the summer before last and said they were changing their game plan and they hadn't changed like Gatlin said oh, we, had to, we didn't change our game plan at all but because we caught a couple of nice tries against New Zealand everybody said oh this new Wales way is brilliant and it's like we hadn't changed anything we just I, I think, we told I think people they had yeah I, I mean I I interpret the way he says that in two different ways maybe he didn't change his game plan and maybe they didn't change their patterns but by picking different players, you naturally yeah. have you change your game plan. So you know it's different. You know I'm a big fan of Jamie Roberts and what Jamie Roberts does. But you may not have changed your game plan by having somebody who can pass 15 yards off both hands. Well, you okay. have changed your game plan. So and yeah. you know by picking Liam Williams through injury or whatever maybe your game plan has changed because Liam Williams just won't stick up and unders up all the time. No, so no. I think he, I think he was slightly disingenuous saying that. I think, but in his in his current sort of hand grenade mode, you know, I'm loving it. <laughs> well, that's the thing; he's being slightly disingenuous in absolutely everything that he's saying at the moment, which is glorious. Yeah. I also like the way that Rob Howley sort of assumed that he was in the frame for the Wales job and awkwardly like came out and was like, uh, he assumed that when the WIU said they had a three-man shortlist, he assumed that he was on it, and there was no, there was no indication that Rob Howley, in fact, Gatlin said that Rob Howley wasn't on that shortlist, but Rob Howley says that he rang up when he saw the news there was a shortlist to rule himself out. And the timelines of that are very confusing and sketchy. And I kind of feel like they had a conversation where they were like, oh yeah, I'm ruling myself out. And Gareth Davis is like, oh, oh, that's a real shame. <laughs> oh, that's terrible news. Uh, well, if yeah, you insist, oh, no. Rob, yeah, but, you yeah, know, I mean... it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the comms um, team yeah. not to put that press release out. <laughs> but yeah, so no Rob Howley, no like basically this is like a sort of weird farewell. Like the next two years are gonna be a weird farewell tour for Rob Howley's still around for the next two years though, isn't he, right? Yeah, they all will be, and then they'll all be gone and it'll be weird. And half, let's face it, like half the players that they're picking at the moment will probably not be with Wales after the World Cup because they're quite old, so there's going to be a real air of, you know, one last fucking ride, one last farewell tour before everything sort of has to change one way or another for positive or negative reasons. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Wales do in the next two years. We live in interesting times. Uh, The great great Harlequins uh, revolving door, or not, of wingers has been interesting this week. Julian Surveyor's apparently going there, but he's not. Is that is that is that correct? His his wife has called it bullshit. She sounds like a woman I could get along with. Yeah, straight to the point. Yeah, um, in her words, it's news to both me and Julian. We're staying in New Zealand until after twenty nineteen. He's not given up on his um, All Blacks career just yet, has well, he? Surely. Exactly. Just because he makes misses one squad, he's still Julian Savia. He's still scored a embarrassingly large number of test tries. It's, I, mean, I think he's going to yeah. struggle. Don't get me wrong, but I, 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 you know, it, you wouldn't give up this early, would you? Because is, is he still only twenty? Is he twenty still? Isn't he? He's in his twenties. Yeah, he's not old yeah, at all. Very much so. And you know, and I, maybe... I mean, the difficulty is now. 
as with all all black wingers, because they're always playing outside such amazing players, they always look fantastic. Yeah. You know, you go back to like Doug Howlett and these guys and everyone, Joe Rocco, they all beat the record, they all do incredibly well, and then they're all ditched really early because there's just another crop of amazing youngsters coming through. Problem is for Sevilla now is you know you've got Rico Oani there. Yeah, how are you going to unseat him? You, no one's going to move that guy. I mean, he could be the greatest. Or if he's fit, he could be the greatest All Black wing of all time. Yeah, yeah. he does he, nothing wrong. He's and he's nineteen. Nineteen. And if you, you know, I I watched as you know, I'm a bit of a Kiwi sycophant. In fact, as we sit here, I'm sitting in my All Black training jersey. I know. It's awful. Um, but you you look at that guy, and I. I can't think of a player actually who looks like he's moving so slowly, but right. is achieving so much. Right. He's fantastic, and and yeah. I think going back to that point with Sevilla, there's obviously an issue there. He's had issues with the Hurricanes. He's been dropped a lot by them for fitness. Similarly with the All Blacks, whether or not he's going to hang around when he could be earning you know three quarters of a million in France, he could mm. easily be that sort of player who goes to France. When there's only one wing berth left, I don't know whether yeah. he'll turn that down for long. Maybe he'll give it another season. My understanding is he has re-signed with the Hurricanes already. Um, and I think he'll probably give it one more season. And if it's not happening, then then he'll be yeah, off for the big money. He's nowhere ball. near. But then I guess, yeah, how old is Jim Sevilla? He can't be more than He can't be more than 20, 28 at the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Like realistically, you know, he could go even if he wait until after the next World Cup, he's still got a couple of years of good rugby in him. Easy. He's twenty seven. So yeah, yeah. It'll be twenty it'll be twenty nine at the after the next World Cup. That is probably so, the time to go, isn't it, actually, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, You pull a Joe Rocco, you go and have another couple of you have like two or three years in France or England or wherever. And you make your mega bucks easy. And then, of course, the other great winger thing is this <laughs> this whole Marlon Yard situation. Fucking hell! What a shambles that is. That is weird. I mean, for the, I actually, mean... before you get into the whys, the the general situation with a player moving mid season is is it's unheard of. Is bizarre it? anyway. Yeah, yeah and the need... reasons. I mean, it's just a mess. It makes everyone look quite bad. But especially him. How much must they dislike him? Is well, it like he coming back to to what? How much must you want shot of him? Massively. Well, it's never happened he just before. Keeps, he just keeps missing training and turning up late for things and generally not being asked. It's usually he's um, running the uh, backs pattern. He turns up late for. Boom. <laughs> well, that's, it's, not, it's nothing to do with what he's doing on the field. It's just to do with his attitude off it, which is always an alarming. I can't. I, can't, I definitely Thing. see his attitude will improve when he goes and stands in that sale stadium. Yeah, really cheerful. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, the perfect person to control somebody with a bad attitude is Steve Diamond. Well, he probably is in many ways, to be honest. In many, I suppose it is. Yeah, but I just want to know how Sale are planning on fitting him, Danny Solomon, and Josh Charnley into one team, or has he just given up on Josh Charnley now? I think so, and I think Josh, like, yeah. like with, like with. Um, Joel Tompkins, I think those kind of players, it doesn't go well. There's never a, an offer from rugby league's never far behind, is it? No, no exactly. I th- it's, it's, my understanding is that well. that little experiment's over. Well, wow. the Charlie one's over. Yeah, and then I, I think it, it is really weird, though, as you say. 
even when you look at players over the last since the game's gone pro who've had attitude issues, you know, he, he hasn't got it now. We look at Gavin Henson. Mm. Even even he wasn't got rid of mid season. No. You know, well, except that um, time he got sacked by the Blues for being drunk on a plane. But that wasn't to do with his attitude. Well, he did, and he was on a short term contract anyway. Yeah. So, but it it's is like, really, it's really uh, unusual for rugby. He must have that he must have shat in some pretty big handbags. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Well, apparently, apparently, he sort of basically just skipped the flight of the preseason. Like Adidas played for them to go to Germany on a preseason training camp, and they, he basically just didn't bother going. Um. Which isn't a great start to anyone's season, really, is it? And it's been a bit downhill since, according think, to the, the Telegraph. Does he think he's a Fijian or something? A Fijian playing for a French <laughs> club? You, think, you can't get yes. away with that, here. Thanks for the That's his speciality. <laughs> Good lord, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's just very odd. We're mm. interesting. I mean, you know, Leicester sacking, you know, losing two coaches in a season last year. Now this happening. I suppose the worry is. If you're going to be one of those, you know, rugby's a different sort of game person, then yeah, um, you would start to get a bit worried. This is the thin end of the wedge of all this stuff starting to come in. Well, yeah. I don't think there's bit. any point in just keeping players to the end of the season just because that's what we've always done. Though, why do we do it? If it's not beneficial to the club or to them to stay, why should we do it? Because rugby doesn't do that. Nobody wins. No. You're paying somebody that doesn't want to be there. You don't want them to be there. What's the point? Kind of them to six months. Let them go. Yeah. No, that that's probably exactly the logical point of it. In the past, rugby players didn't earn that much money. You know, mm-hmm. say if you're paying them sixty grand a year, then that's neither here nor there. But when you've got guys earning, you know, sort of three fifty plus, that's a lot of money a month. Do you know, one thing I know that that's grabbed the attention and the headlines this weekend, Marlin Yard. But Quinn's Worcester was a fantastic game. I don't know whether you watched it. It was, and it was. Nah. Mad. That's my sort of rugby, right? If you can score <laughs> six tries and lose, I'll watch. I'll watch that game again. It was fantastic. It was all over the place. Wonderful offloading, high risky, you know, super rugby type stuff. But I love. And nobody can kick a goal for fucking top. Yeah, one goal from six, wasn't it, Worcester? Yeah, twenty-five percent. Worcester were love That is a great yeah. ratio. To be fair, Gary yeah. Gold as the director of rugby, he's a genius in finding ways to not win games. He's probably done it in so many different ways. Now he's so experienced that no wonder he's the top of the list of most director of rugby recruitment. Yeah, well, that's what that's the sort of skill that he's going to be bringing to. Is it Canada or the USA? One of those. It can't be Canada, that's Big it. Kingsley. Yes, it is. It must be USA yeah, then, yes. So the USA will get used to uh, conspiring with ways to lose tight games in the next few six, years. Six try losses, that's the feature. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Eddie O'Sullivan now? He's always linked with the rest of rugby jobs at, at second-tier nations these days, isn't he? That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, almost, I mean, 90% of the time, any, like, small nation rugby job is taken up by uh, a disgraced ex like Welsh coach because there's a mistaken belief that we know what we're doing <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I'm sure Eddie must be doing something he must be doing and only if only if Jake White couldn't make the interview <laughs> well yeah never knowingly he not is. Jake White never a... knowingly not throwing his hat in the ring <laughs> he's incredible he's he, he's doing bar shifts at Cardiff Blues he's got three jobs <laughs> <laughs> Eddie O'Sullivan is coach of uh, Old Belvedere, the uh, senior rugby club in Dublin, in Division 1B of the All-Ireland League, which seems like a step down. 
I bet he still got yeah. faced like a smacked ass. Um, <laughs> Almost certainly. He was uh, head coach of Biarritz until 2015, but that worked brilliantly. That, did, well, that so. went very well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then don't. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, it's a fucking travesty that Biarritz are not better than they are. Amazing town. Yeah, amazing town. An amazing place to watch rugby as well. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Uh, right, finally on the news, um, Andy Good news. Oh, Andy Good is he well. He's setting up a political, a political party whose sole right. policy is to ensure that the school curriculum includes half an hour of right of centre banter each day. <laughs> Topics include I mean, that, the world's gone you... mad. That's 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 topic number one. He seems uniquely qualified for that. He's again like all the other things he's been doing, he's uniquely qualified for that one as well. Right, and what did we learn from that's the weekend? Fun. Let's move on to that, shall we? Um I learned that neither Gloucester or Bath make any sense at all. <laughs> they're they're like bipolar rugby teams. Yeah. They must like the bookies must be absolutely spare because how do you set a line on either of these teams when they routinely make no sense at all i put five pounds on gloucester to win that game really i did you are beating the bookies right there i am yeah, yeah. i also put five pounds on ulster to win though so don't pretend that i know what i'm talking about it's all <laughs> just pinning a map thing but it's um but yeah what i learned from that game while we're on that game actually is that mm. these you know the the, the second wave attack pattern in the backs, yes. where you have three running front and you two run behind. I mean, I'm an Ospreys fan, so I don't know it very intimately, but I'm aware of it in theory. <laughs> um... But lots of people do it, right? But it's become, yeah. if you watch that game, right, Gloucester in particular were guilty of it, it's become the latest example of over-drilling and over-patterning. Because mm. Gloucester did it every single time, and all all Bath had to do to defend it most of the time was just walk forward. That's what they walk yeah. forward in a slight, in a slightly sort of boomerang line, and it just solved the problem. It's it, it looks like a deceptive pattern to run, but it's not. And instead of looking at the line that's the tackle line that's coming towards you and going, they're all dog legged to fuck, so we can get through a gap there. They keep running yeah. the pattern. For years, everyone said about how everybody's over drilled and it's all stuff like that. And this is even though it doesn't look like it's over drilled, I think it's become something that is reflective of what's happening now. Yeah, but it also ways it also only. Sorry, it only also only works if the guys running the front line or the decal lines look like they're actually going to take the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So if they're just casually walking up, 
like Victor Meldrew, three of them going for a little stroll, is pointless. It's just sort of rugby decoration. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's entirely like its success is entirely determined by how well that first wave sell it. And after about yeah. seven times, nobody's selling it that convincingly. Yeah, but Max Clark they? for Bath was just was just walking past Billy Twelve Trees <laughs> onto the guy who was behind him. Just gently, just yeah. start, just just literally sort of sashaying round him and just walking towards the next guy. It was. You, they could both have dogs on leads. <laughs> it just, All right. I mean, it, you I'm know, it is the pattern, and it, I suppose it just shows you that again, drilling only works for a certain point, and it's that thing that nobody. Owen Williams actually had an okay game on, well, up to a mm-hmm. point, but um, I think I mean Gloucester were just they almost threw it away because they just weren't sensible. They kept running this. They kept doing this left, right, left, right, second wave attack thing when they should have, Owen Williams should have just said, I'm putting my fucking foot through this. For the last because they were up in the last 15 minutes, yeah. he should have said, I'm territory in this because Bath weren't looking like great shakes, to be honest, apart from when Talupe got the ball, obviously. Oh, oh. But you know, that is the Johan Hackham and Lions way. You know, they didn't use to yeah. kick anything, you know, just score tries until he dropped. Basically, is how they operate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was what I learned. Kind of, go on then, Paul. One thing yeah. I learned this weekend was, and it happened in the um, Might Attend final, Canterbury versus Tasman. Oh, niche, go on. Richie, Mo- Richie Moanga was rugby Jesus this weekend. <laughs> he was amazing. Absolutely fantastic. Even just in the, I mean, his first half alone, you could stre- spread the beauty of it over two games. It was fantastic. <laughs> he scored a beautiful, it was, like, it was like 1970s rugby. And I know it's a level down from Super Rugby. But one of the breaks he made, have a look on YouTube or on Twitter. He scored a kick return from just in front of the halfway line. It was absolutely fantastic. And you think that he's not good enough to come with the All Blacks. You know, it's unbelievable. It's the thing of like, yeah, he, he's not even like, he's not even gone as like a scholar or an apprentice or whatever they call him. It's, you know, he is just... Well, he's with the Barbarians. Not, yeah. That yeah. could be fun. Him and Quade Cooper Bowden, ripping it up. Bowden Barrett and against... Him and Quay Cooper, that could be <laughs> box office in Twickenham. Let's face it. Or nobody's kicking any goals, but or would it be Quay Cooper because the worst game of rugby you've ever seen? That's something you're never quite sure how it's going to go. Here, that does that does depend on which Quay turns up. Let's face it. Quay Cooper, right, remains the only player I have ever seen offload a ball on his own try line whilst hanging upside down. <laughs> Was it successful? <laughs> No, it was not successful. It's unbelievable. We do love him, Fred. Yeah, there are we? times where you've just got to get your head down and accept that bad things are happening and allow them yeah. to happen. Textbook, Johnny McNichol for the Scarlets on the weekend for Lloyd Williams's try. Trying to dance out of... Co- Mate, just go to the floor. Don't try and run through seven blokes, get held up, and then just have the ball just plucked out of your hand for a try. That that was a horrible, horrible thing from start to finish. You're right, Simon. But you know, even oh, and impressively, God. even after giving away that try, Scar <laughs> still looked so, so comfortable in the end. I know it was yeah. reasonable like after about sixty minutes. But normally if you give away eight, seven points like that, you're gonna be struggling. But they they weren't at all really, not in no. not at all the end. They looked totally it was I mean that's a, another thing, really, that I learned this weekend. It's like the Scarlets are come, like they're they're doing all, they're doing well in the Pro 14, but for the other Welsh regions, it's 
bad this year. Like yeah. the combined table, like if you combine the both the conferences, Dragons, Ospreys, and Blues are above the Kings, and that is it. Yeah, it's like it's just not good, is it? Although I think I think things are improving at the Dragons. Yes. You know, they're still losing. But if you compare no, the Dragons this season good. to the last season, they they look to, at least they've got a structure. And Henson, as much as you know, oh, I, mean, yeah. I love I love Gavin Henson, and unapologetically so. He's actually <laughs> playing really well this he season. Is, really yeah. is. He really is. Yeah. There were um, some little touches and little kicks that he did against the Ospreys on Friday night, and it was just like, ugh, no, very few other players can do that sort of thing. And his delayed yeah. pass is so oh. nice. And, and, and I think a... the, the Dragon centers will improve playing around. If he can stay fit, that's always the big problem. Oh, if they can get the ball as well. Like, I mean, the Ospreys attack makes me hate rugby because they, what was it, 100 tackles the Dragons made in the first 20 minutes before the Ospreys finally artlessly schlepped over the line for a try. But, like, it's like the Dragons, like, structure and defense and their attacking pattern looks great. But it's yeah. like they have to. They need somebody to get them turnovers because you shouldn't like a team attacking as predictably and as boringly as the Ospreys should not have been able to basically sit for the first twenty minutes in their half and just basically go around the corner over and over and over again. Like shit, shit goods. Why you talk about bad Welsh teams? Shit goods coming up later. But Simon Brooker got in touch and said shit for him this weekend was that the minibus driver refused to stop at Tybark RFC. So they could watch the boxing after they'd endured yet another blues loss. <laughs> Insult to <laughs> injury. You already... <laughs> right, what else did yeah. we learn from the weekend? To so go back to the Bath game, right? Here's what I learned from the weekend. And if you don't, if, you, if there's more proof that you need, you, you're you not paying any attention. No brew, <clears throat> no clue. Oh, yeah. Our lead goes that. off, it all goes wrong. You don't take him off at half time because he brings something you can't explain. You know, they didn't remove Gandhi from the Indian independence movement halfway through, did they? No. That is absolutely correct. You know, when he was walking to the sea to make salt and millions behind him, they didn't say, you move off, uh, Papu, mate. We'll, we'll bring Anthony Watson on to sort it. <laughs> Imagine if Indian, Indian independence would have gone if that would have happened. Terribly. <laughs> they didn't, you know, they didn't yank Agent Cooper out of uh, the Laura Palmer investigation halfway through, did they? Because he was the only one who could understand the backwards talking midget in Twin Peaks. <laughs> that is what Aled Brew brings to Bath. And if people don't yeah. understand this, they need to realise what they're doing. I mean, we've already get, we've got a uh, we've already got a hashtag for this. <laughs> and everything. How are they struggling with this? Do we need to like start a letter writing campaign? I mean, I know that's dreadfully 90s, but... they take that seriously, oh, though, wouldn't it? All... Imagine how seriously you'd have to take something now to write a letter about it. <laughs> you'd know I somebody was write... really disgruntled, wouldn't you? I can't write anymore. I, no, I... I had to sign a cheque last week. My wrist nearly broke. <laughs> my, bo... my bones have become too brittle to even write my name. It's ridiculous. I have a padding word for making notes on, and it's lit... <laughs> it's, it, is, it is the most... It looks like it's, a, it's written in code. Know, so you have to hold it upside down through a magic eye painting to understand yeah, what it is like I've just the, written. The fevered, coded ramblings of a serial killer is basically my... And that is my job. Yeah, right. so. yeah, yeah. And it well. is, it is, I feel really disjointed from my handwriting now. So when I look at it, it's like I wasn't responsible for it. 
Yeah, yeah, there was a time when you knew what your handwriting looked like, and now my <laughs> handwriting could look like anything at any given time. There is I, no consistency. I moved house there at last all. year and was clearing out my attic and found a load of essays I'd written in university, mm. and the writing looked beautiful. And I've got <laughs> and I've got terrible writing even then, but it looked beautiful compared to how I write now. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. sorry, ladies and gentlemen, about that, but that's that, that's that's a bit of a break. Let's, how does how's your writing looking these days? Yeah. Uh, let, let us Bad. know at Blood and Mud. Yeah. Um, what else did we learn from the weekend? Anyone? Um, I learned that Wayne Pivak's contract extension with the Scarlets is very good news, but the length of the deal is rather obvious. Is it up to 2019, per it's, chance? It is indeed up to 2019. I get a feeling he'd like to have his options open around, yeah, November to, like, October 2019. Get yeah, the feeling. He'll, de- he'll definitely be in that top three with the yes. conversation. Rob Howley might not be, but he definitely is. Yeah. I'd imagine so, yeah. Bring back Gareth Jenkins, I, mean, I say. Who's the third one? That's what I want to know. Because, obviously, Dai's got to be the other one. So it's Dai, yeah. Pivak, and... Exactly. Gareth Jenkins. I don't know how many times I need to tell you. Roland Phillips. No. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I'd like it to be Dave Rennie, because why not? Well, I'd imagine there'll be at least one Southern Hemisphere coach in there. You know, somebody Absolutely. who wants to come up Super Rugby or... Yes, the Crusaders coach whose name escapes me. He'd be good. Yeah. Scott Watson. Yeah, you know, yes. Is it Scott? Well, I'm the mullet. I can't remember his name yeah. either. Yes, the one who do, does the worm. Yeah, Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, I keep saying Scott yeah. Robinson because that's from, but that's from Neighbours. I know that's wrong. Yeah. Scott's not his first no. name. He's bringing, he's bringing his wife Charlene. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anyway, I tell you what. One thing I did learn from the weekend watching Was, um, watching Northampton and Wasps was, hmm. did you see Ashley Johnson's kick through? Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a better tactical Hello. kicker than Piers Francis. England's yeah, Pierce The kick through was perfect, but what was Northampton's chase back was was like Gowden's second team <laughs> on a tour match. Like yeah. they looked at it and went, oh, "Look, the hooker's kicking." I went, yeah. rubbed it three times. <laughs> Christian Wade, Christian Wade could have finished that try right with a broken leg yeah. and still got over. No one would have touched him. It was it ridiculous. Was... It was just a complete... It was almost like they didn't take it seriously because of who was kicking it. They just thought he'd spanner it into touch or something. <laughs> and they just. And by the time they realised that the fucking jet... I think it's a combination. Wade was steaming up there. It was Wade. <laughs> I don't think it's a combination of going, oh, he's going to kick this to shit. Oh, he's kicked it. Oh, anyway, Wade's after it, so we've got no fucking chance anyway. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was... Jim Mallander will not appreciate, you know, when oh. you're losing a lot of games, sort of, but at the least you can do is chase a ball. Yeah. He'd, he'd, have, been, he'd, bit, have, been, he'd have been very disappointed about that. <laughs> I didn't like, so. <laughs> you know, just chase the ball. Uh, yeah. Right. So what else oh. did I learn for the weekend? You know what I hate? And it was used a lot this weekend. Mm. I hate the phrase, earn the right to go wide. One, because it... It's hackneyed and overused and bollocks. Also, let's just analyse it for a minute. If it's a right, you don't have to earn it. A right is something you are given anyway. I mean, yeah. Semantically, it's an Semantically, it's a fucking nightmare. Imagine well, if you wanted yeah. to return like your microwave when it broke and they go, well, I'm sorry, I'm not returning it. He said, well, I've got consumer rights. And they go, well, have you earned those consumer rights? You have to do 10 <laughs> press-ups now yeah, to, right. to earn those rights. 
Rights are fundamentally earned. <laughs> fundamentally given, they're not earned. Yeah, like, quite right. You know, just you know, and that's really what's important right now to get this semantic. Like, the only way you earn rights is some sort of like civil rights million man march kind of thing, and I don't think anybody's doing that to go wide. But again, your so, point is right, Paul. You don't have to earn the right to go wide, do you? You don't. Is no. anyone who's just watched Borden Barrett play rugby? You don't need to earn the right to do anything. I mean, <laughs> cross kick passes. He can go, do you know what I mean? The, the right to go wide is a really sloppy term, I think. Yeah, and it's never yeah. and it was used at least three times this weekend by commentators and and players after matches. Fair dues, they just get trained to use cliches. Don't even understand that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right well, that's the thing. Wide. It's one of those things that like was it Rob Howley that coined that one originally? And no, then... wasn't it Eddie Jones? I was one of them. I thought it was. I thought it was Howley. Because he was saying that Wales needed to go through the phases before they could go wide, and they were trying to go early too quickly. I thought it was, it was Jones. It was one of the excuses. Wrong, that, anyway. It was. I seem to remember it was one of those excuses that he trotted out when Wales were insipid in attack in the autumn. I mean, it could have been anyone. If you're just running straight tack tacklers, yeah, at about two miles an hour without any offload, hmm. you do need to to go wide because no one's tackling you otherwise. But that's because yeah. you're playing rugby you're badly. badly. Then you just need to play rugby <laughs> better. Yeah. Exactly. You have you to play. <laughs> yeah, replace that with just play better rugby, yeah. please. You have to play rugby well to go wide. There you go. That's a far yeah. more accurate statement. <laughs> oh, let's just finish. You have to play better rugby to score tries. That's it. End of. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You can have that for free, although, everyone else. Although, there. and I'm going to go there again, watching the Ospreys on Friday night, you don't have to play good rugby to score tries, apparently, because <laughs> that was unwatchably shit, and yet we somehow still got a bonus point, and I still don't really understand. Nothing was as bad as Sale versus Exeter. That was no. dread. I'm I'll watch it. <laughs> Absolutely dread. And, and it's even worse when it's in the kind of warehouse of misery next to the M60 as well, isn't it? It's just it just somehow mate, brings it into sharp. It's like a it's like a it's like a kitchen sink drama, but with the drama taken out of it. It's just like a kitchen sink. Which, which is the more, more soulless stadium, the Majeski or uh, Sales Ground? That's name has escaped me. The AJ Bell. Yeah. Um, I've got some I mean, sympathy least... with I've got some sympathy with the Majeski because it wasn't built for rugby. No, so it, it will be a bit soulless because it's me- yeah, that's, yeah, that's well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you take what you can get. But I think the annoying thing about the the the, the age of Bursley is it's it's in you know arguably the coolest city in Britain, and they've managed they've still managed to make it. Really, I mean, let's be honest, the age of the, the Medeski's in Reading. It's already off to a bad start, yeah, you know. So you can't expect much of it. But actually, no. a stadium in Manchester should be better. Yeah, Manchester's yeah. got quite a few tidy stadiums already. It yeah. shouldn't have been that hard. Oh well. What, about, what else? Steve Diamond's post-match response is my favourite. Did he see the interview? Oh yeah. Was it just they just make, he just making it up? Is he? Is he going to get cited for? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. whatever the manager's version of cited is, he must be. Must sailor, sailor doing some very not very cool things at the moment. <laughs> as far as like, like. After what do you mean at the of... moment? This is the Denny well, Solomona yeah. crew, remember? <laughs> well, yeah, but like, did you see that they'd like they were sharing like they, there was that controversial decision for a, uh, a yellow card, I think, where the bloke jumped into the tackle in their European Cup. Oh game, yeah, and then they the yeah, and then they yeah. and then Sale shared a video, a clip of that incident with just thoughts question mark, yeah. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like 
Shit from their official club feed. It's that like, is really naughty, isn't it? Serious. That's like, really naughty. That's unprofessional. It's petty. It's like trashing a ref. It's like, how have they not got fucking absolutely killed for that? Like, if you want to be some like hysterical fan account, do that all you fucking want. That's what Twitter is for, apparently. But like, a, a, a club official account doing that sort of like public shit stirring is. I mean, it's none more Steve Diamond, let's be honest. But mad. It's just really weird. What else did I have this weekend? People get confused about what the TMO is for. That's a question for you, right? What What's the TMO for? Getting things right. Okay, but it what instigates that? What should be the thing that instigates that? Hmm. Because... I think they all. I think they all need to have a lot more power. Not just the TMO, but the assistant referees as well. I think I've, I've got. A, weirdly, I was talking about this in the week. I don't think the referee should have any responsibility over offside anymore. There's just too many things to look at. That should be the linesman's call the offside. Like yeah, I think you're right there. Actually, right. There's so much going on. Sometimes you look at a rock, it just looks like a bowl full of baked beans swirling around. There's so <laughs> many things going on. There's little bits moving everywhere. It's a nightmare. How are we supposed to look at the offside line? I think it's physically impossible. Yeah. And the other thing is the timing issue. Why is the ref still worrying about the time? Yeah. You know, that should, that should be taken out of their hands. And I think, Along with the TMO, I think if they spot anything, they shouldn't be, you know, going to the TMO. The TMO should be watching stuff live and just feeding back and just saying that something weird just happened there. I'm going to look at it. Like they're doing league. Yeah, the the rugby league in general and the NRL in particular are much better at the video ref thing than Union is. I don't understand why they're not just actually much better at taking cocaine as well. There is that as well. Although, hey. To, to believe the papers in the last couple of weeks, rugby <laughs> union is catching up in that regard. So, well, can know. I just say I disagree with both of you because I think the TMO, <laughs> the TMO is there to assist the referee to make a decision. So if the referee doesn't think that the TMO is going to assist him in making a decision or her in making the decision, then the TMO shouldn't get involved. Because there was a point in which game was it when there was that one very very close to touch and then he wasn't in touch and he scored a try. He went right round the outside. Was it the Wasps game? Yeah, yeah. Wasps. Well, he, 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 Dan Robson was it whizzed around the outside, yeah. and he was, yeah. and he, he wasn't in touch. But the, the lines were said he's in touch, and he said he's sure. He said yeah. yeah, and then somebody came to him and came to Luke Pierce, didn't they, and said, "Do you not want to go upstairs? You're not sure." He said, "Well, he says he's very sure, so I'm, I'm going to trust him." In that situation, you see, that is absolutely something the TMO should get not involved in at all, in my view, because actually the ref is not saying I don't need any help. He doesn't need any help. We've made the decision. We're quite confident about it. That's the end of it. I think once you start getting a situation, the TMO goes, oh, actually, hang on, he wasn't in touch. I, I just, I, I don't like that. I don't uh, See, I just I... think well, if you have the the, op- the option to go there, I don't understand why they don't. I think it's, no, no. it's become an easy. Yeah, but then they just go to it all the time, and then you get into the complete mess of that's what happens then, and nobody can make a decision anymore. That's so why not just digitise everything? Yeah, I think why not? professional sport needs to have totally professional refereeing. So as many errors as I can live with the game lasting. But that, three but that hours assumes it's not professional if it's a human being that's doing it. That's yeah, I know. Doesn't it? But it, you know, I'd be all for having two TMOs and an assistant linesman in each half. You know, yeah, so you more can... officials would be good. 
or if it's, it can be, you know, and having a referee just for the ruck. I mean, the breakdown, even for us guys now, and, we, you know, we're into rugby and we watch it a lot. Sometimes I'll be watching games and I do not know what a decision oh, that's, was that's given for. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine who's not um, that who's not that into rugby says rugby to me just looks like somebody blowing a whistle then attempting to explain what he's just blown it for. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Well, like you look at the NFL, like the NFL has like a ref on either side of the, even though it is a much less sort of there are much le- fewer variables in a, an NFL play than there are in a rugby match, but. They've got a referee in front of the play. They've got a referee behind the play. They've got referees on the sidelines, and they've got Skycam and a video ref. And the reason is simple: they they know that one person cannot watch everything that's going on when there are thirty fucking men all yep. pushing and shoving each other on the field at the same time. But what I like that's about the can... what I like about the NFL though is is that when he co- as far as I understand it, I think is when he calls the TMO in for whatever they want mm. to call it it's on a screen at the side of the pitch that only the ref looks at. It's not flashed on a massive screen so the whole crowd start hooping and blue and booing and hollering about mm. what they think the decision is. He just goes to a screen, has a look and goes, right, that's what I think it is. The thing that I like about the NFL that I think rugby should bring in to improve decision-making is that in the NFL, when they do the video replay thing, the referee has to make a decision first and then they have to see... Comp- compelling evidence to overturn it. Unless there's compelling evidence to overturn it, then the original decision... Who, who refers to the video guess, ref in NFL? Um, it's usually Coach's Challenge. All oh, right, okay. Oh, it goes down that road, does it? Oh, okay. Yeah. And so they can challenge the play if they think... And some people suggest that, and I'm not really I'm not really a fan of that either. I, just, I, do, I do think there's something about it should be in the referee's hands pretty much all the time unless they want assistance. Because they ask yeah. the their linesman or assistant refs for assistance. They have the TMO for assistance. Once you start getting into the world of going of stopping them and telling them stuff all the time, there might be some reasons why that should happen, like incredibly gross foul play and stuff like that. I understand yeah. that. But I don't know. I just I think some people people say if the technology's there, why not use it? Which is kind of what we're saying. But we're going around in circles a bit now. But yeah, I, I slightly disagree. But I see I see I can see what you're saying. But, you know. And you know, can I add one more tiny little point, which I've already laboured? <laughs> but I think there's an additional role, right, for tech in rugby. I One of the reasons I think that rugby audiences are dropping, not the biggest one, obviously. Is it because it's not on Facebook become, Live? That's one bit. <laughs> but the, the other bit is it's become a game. You need TV to understand it. Yeah. So. Even if you go, you know, I go to a lot of live games, obviously, to write about and also as a supporter. The first thing I do when I come out is I don't really know enough of what's happened. So I have to watch it immediately as soon yeah. as I get home. Yeah, that is true. Um, and particularly if I'm doing analysis pieces, I don't do it from the stadium. I do it, you know, in my house. I've got three screens on. with the re- And I think in order to watch rugby, particularly in stadiums, and on the TV, you almost need a little inset in the side of the screen or a separate, like, rock and mauler. So yeah. You can watch the rock on one on your iPad and then have the wider game on the screen. Yeah, so I, I think, think that's almost, very almost, fair. Almost impossible. And I don't know why the big TV companies haven't done it, like BT. It wouldn't be that difficult. It's just one camera on the rock or the mall. And you watch it yeah. on a little device, you know. I think it would add to the well, game hugely. Ironically, the camera that's on the rook is normally too close to the rook. The camera at the rook zooms yeah. in on the ball coming out the back. 
actually, if you just bring that back so we can see the whole yeah. rook, that would be much better. It's an endlessly frustrating of coverage when they zoom in on the ball. So I can't see where the pattern is, I can't see where the gaps are, and I can't see what the people actually in front of the ball are doing. Particularly when you're at the stadium. Now, if there was like the the Ruck app or whatever, you get in there, you download it, you can watch it on your phone, so you can see what's happening up close, but then you also Mm. get the benefit of the wider space that you get from being in the stadium. I think it's the logical step forward. Well, it's like people, you know, are prepared to pay a fiver to hire a ref radio during the game. How, why is there not a sort of, in, you know, an iteration of that where it's like either a tiny little fucking phone thing that you rent for the day and then you hire it back in at the end of the game or just like you say, an app that you, you pay a fiver every game, you get on some fancy Wi-Fi so it's not shit and then you... You can watch, yeah, and for replays, you know, you don't even have to watch it live, but just to find out what a penalty has been given for is usually the fucking hardest thing in the world when you're watching it in like the Millennium Stadium or something. It could be anything. There's nothing like, worse when you. There's, there's nothing no more crowdfunding, yeah. They had the Twickenham <laughs> naming rights, and now it's this. Yeah. There's nothing worse as somebody like me who's quite, you know, I'm a keen, like you said, I'm a keen follower of rugby. When you watch rugby with people who don't really follow rugby, and they go, hmm. "What was that given for?" And you think, "No idea." Oh, fucking, yeah. I'm supposed to know this, and I can't. I can't. I, I can't yeah. actually tell you. Yeah, yeah. And I've, and I've had six pints, and we're about three miles away from the pit. <laughs> <laughs> every time, ref. Whatever he's yeah. just done, he's yeah. doing it every time. Yeah. That's probably the end of what we learned because we've gone on for far yes. too long. Yeah, as per. Yeah. Last thing I did learn is that Henry Slade's hair looks like painted polystyrene. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. He has got a weird Lego quality about him. It has, yeah. Or compacted yeah. bourbon biscuits. <laughs> That's a beautiful image. I love that. that. So, listen, ladies and gentlemen, please let us know what you think Henry Slade's hair looks like yes. at Blood and Mud. Thank you, because I want some more. I want some more comparisons. I think, Paul, on that you're going to leave us while we, before we go into into shit good. So, thank you very much, and we'll get you on it. People love it when you come on, Paul. So, we'll, we'll get you on again if you're willing. Oh, man, I'll come on any time. I really enjoy it. Cheers, mate. Ta-da. So, shit watch then. Yes. It's, I mean, it's in France. It's staying in France for some time. And judging by the weekend, it could be with Oyanov for a while as well. They got quite a pace, didn't they? 52-18. They were 18-10 up at one point, though. They were 10-0 up after 20 minutes. They were 18-10 up. And I thought, look I at know. this. And then it all went, yeah. yeah. And then 42 unanswered points, and it all went horrendously badly. For, I mean, Leon the top of the top 14, so it yes. was, was quite expected. But they haven't actually won a game in any competition since they beat Arjun at the end of the start of September. There will be some, so, there will be some middling teams who are playing them at Oyanar, though, won't there? Who, yes. They were I mean, bound to say... turn it in, so... It's, that's the thing about it being. That's kind of the beauty of it being in France is that it's hopefully none of them, none of them give a shit about it away from home. So yeah, it'll be fine. Somebody like Claremont will have it by the end of the week probably. It'll be weird. <laughs> right then, let's uh, do. So that's the CPC. We'll keep an eye on it until it changes. Yes. Let's do the shit good ratings, shall we? Let's. Um, let's start with shit, right? Because. Mm. I feel I've been here before, but I feel I must mention it again. Lawrence Delalio's punditry. 
Always bad. Not only is it kind of like, feels a bit like having kind of concrete poured into your ear holes for 80 minutes. Yes. Because that's yes. just the nature. That's the kind of feeling I get emotionally. Mm. Um, his opinions are just becoming quite ludicrous. Did you see the Ben Morgan on Zach Mercer thing? Where Morgan yeah. clipped him off the post. And and Delalio actually said, you can't penalise somebody for high tackling them without the ball. It's like, you can, yes, though, you can. Lawrence. You can ta- penalise people for just tackling somebody normally without the ball. So when you windpipe <laughs> them as well, it's a bit of a double whammy, really. No, that's the thing. It's like there is a... He's, he's got an incredible blindness to wasps. Yeah. Like, the man has, like, V-shaped cataracts or something. I don't know, but... <laughs> I know bees and wasps aren't the same thing, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? It's like, I'm sure he wasn't that, that shit. Like, last but last World Cup, he was a tedious England bore when he did uh, ITV comms for that. But he wasn't quite as bad as he is now, whereas now it, it seems like he's sort of... He just, trying to out Austin Healy, Austin Healy. He sounds like he's phoning it in. Healy sounds interested. Yeah. Healy sounds like he still likes the job. Delario does, doesn't yes. sound like he likes the job much anymore, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's because Austin Healy's like appetite for being an absolute prick is unquenchable. Yes. Whereas, yeah, I don't know. Delario kind of just... Mm, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he just doesn't want... He's just kind of like, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just going <laughs> to say annoying things. And see how many people yeah. I can there you piss go. Off. But he, he did like two games this weekend. He's relentless, so he's obviously not yeah. going anywhere. So, yeah. What have you got? The shit. Uh, shit for me. Um, we talked about it early, but that Ashley Johnson's kick for Christian Wade's try. Fuck hookers doing that shit. Fuck back it's, rowers doing that. I don't, it's too much. It shouldn't be allowed. It's too Behave. much. I no, go back to stop. my. I want a game with nothing but forwards with no kicking allowed. Yeah, Ashley Johnson should not be allowed anywhere near that game because he'll be too flash with it. And, well, he, keeps, even and he keeps moving further back. He's gone from hooker to back row. With that kind of shit, he's going to be at like 10 or fullback, isn't he, soon? Yeah, he'll be a fullback. But, you know, obviously there are certain hookers that aren't allowed in this game. You know, backer, Dane Coles. What have, what have we got that, this? That Tongan four bloke. Um, shit. Um, I've got one of shit. Fee on Twitter got hmm. in touch. James Corrigan, the golf correspondent, who's also a, a rugby man. Yes. Said simply, Falatau is the best back rower in the world. Now, that's not shit in itself. That's absolutely bang that's on. A, or one of. You know, it's, it's, he's reaching a bit, I think, because there are others who are probably up there, but it's not a, a ridiculous thing to say. No. Someone responded to him with, he's not even the best in Europe. That's Rob Shaw and Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> that is bullshit. I mean, I, can't, I just can't. Is it. It's like you know what sometimes irony doesn't come across on Twitter because of the text nature of it. It's like are you you can't be yeah. being serious, surely. I One mean, disagreeing with that point in the first place is bad enough in itself, but then to qualify to to follow that up with no, it's Rob Shaw or Haskell is on well, Haskell. Yeah, disagreeing it is fine up to a point. Clearly, Falatau is one of the best back rows in the world. Hmm. To say that. Those two in particular. Yeah. It says a lot about your outlook on the game. It does, doesn't it? Ro- I mean, Rob Shaw's a very decent player very and good. a good, honest, solid he player. Function- and... He is a function. Like, that yeah. to me speaks of a deep suspicion of somebody who sidesteps two people, runs with the ball like a loaf of bread, and basically makes the game look incredibly easy, magical, and wonderful. Hmm. He just hates joy. He wants all. <laughs> 
he wishes all back row forwards are base were basically Andy Robinson circa you know the early nineties. Yeah, Dean Richards. Everyone and, should be like yeah. Dean Richards. <laughs> Everyone should be Dean. Yeah, and then that is. He thinks that rugby was a better sport when forwards didn't try any of that flash shit. Well, we think that as well, but <laughs> to an extent, to an extent, only because of the kicking, you know. Yeah, oh, fuck. I mean, fuck hookers kicking. That's obscene. But however, but... Samson Lee is the first receiver pivot. I'm fucking all over that. Oh yeah, that's different, the... different skill set. Different skill set. Uh, right. What else have we got? This. Oh, speaking of that, let's address mm. the fact that James Haskell's been dropped from the England squad, shall we? Lots of, it's funny, isn't it, that when he was selected for the Lions, I had a timeline apocalypse of, of notifications of people. Yeah. Funny enough, when he's been dropped from this, I got a little trickle. I think it's because everybody yeah. knew it was so obviously coming. There's nothing even really to kind of wind me up about or, or whatever. It's no, just like, yeah. Just the, this is just the, like the uh, all it's of the end. your best laid plans coming to yeah, fruition. The madness is over. Like, you know, you good for him. 75 him. caps. Good man. Good God, that's about 50 caps more than he should have got. Well, Christ. You know, well, you, you know, you may say that, but I couldn't possibly comment, as they would say. But yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> what else have we got that's shit, then, this week? Um, oh. Shit. Corey Allen. When he left the Blues, I was genuinely amazed that, like, they let such a talented player go. But, God, his first few months in the Ospreys, I'm starting to see why. Like, he is a shadow of the player when he got his caps for Wales. Like... He's just like he's a, such a talented lad. Hmm. And he's big and he's quick. He's got lovely soft hands and he's intelligent. And I just and my cat thinks. And Josh's well. cat agrees as well, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hates him. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just looks so disinterested and looks like he looks miserable. It's like, mate, you probably are we talking about your cat house. now or or Corey? I mean, my cat looks miserable as well, but that's just you know, he just wants. Yes, he does. He does. He doesn't seem to be um, loving life in Swansea, does he? Down Swansea way. No, and it's like, mate, you probably haven't even fucking moved. It's like you probably maybe still that's the problem. Captive. Maybe he <laughs> needs to get on the mumbles and take in some sea air or yeah. something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's just quite sad because I I loved watching Corian play for Wales Sevens, and I thought he's been like I thought he's got bags of potential. I was very excited when we signed him, and once again. It's yet another Ospreys player that we appear to have signed on reputation instead of actual ability, which is... Uh... Dan Bridle got in touch on Twitter. He said shit from him. He got in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud. He said shit was everything about the AJ Bell Stadium. We've done that a bit. But he said, and what we didn't cover is, he said, was the surrounding roads. Someone will have earned yeah. money planning that total shit show. You, have you, You've probably not been to the AJ Bell Stadium, have you? I haven't. No, I've yet to have the pleasure. Well, they built this brand new like stadium. I feel like we should... Should go there one day. We should definitely get a See double press pass and go, like yeah. JB. <laughs> get banned yeah. like JB. Yeah. Hello, JB. Listen, <laughs> he won't be. Um, so the um, yeah, it's they, they built this big stadium next to a motorway, but then all the roads that actually get to the stadium are now being completely redesigned because there's a pub across the road and it's just endless cones. It's like, did nobody think of this when you built a stadium that it might need more infrastructure? Answer, Mind you, look yeah, at Cardiff. The no. is, they thought about it. They just didn't care. Yeah, they didn't fancy paying for it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> What else have we got this shit? Um, my final shit. I was quite light on shits this week. Oh, um, the Kings. They're the only Ooh. team in Europe's top league yet to register a single point this season. They've also got a terrible, really kind of bland <clears> kit <throat> as well that reflects how awful they are, hasn't it? That kind of sort of like, yeah. what would you call it? Dishwater grey, I think you'd call it. Yes, the away shirt is very... Well, it's just... 
it's it's them, isn't it? Really, their home <laughs> shirt's quite nice, but like the away shirt does. But it, well, it is what it is. They were a team that barely existed before the start of last season, and everything was done in about five yeah. minutes. All we've got is these offcuts. That's all, yeah. the, that's all the only fabric we have left. So yeah, here's here's what's left in the team work catalog that hasn't been taken by fucking Tradiga thirds. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> this is what's left in a lost property bin. <laughs> and some of you are gonna to have to play in your pants. Yeah, you've got but... a, you've got a cougar scrum hat, size medium, <clears throat> some slightly moldy neoprene shorts, and all these shirts. Yes, and this four XL jersey. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> what else is shit? Um, Mark Parsons, who said sh- on Twitter, said shit is the misfiring part of Steve Diamond's brain, which thought it'd be a good idea to lie on TV about Marlon Yard just before the game. <laughs> Well, I feel I don't like think it is misfiring very... with Steve. He just doesn't care. Yeah, it has been a very Steve Diamond heavy podcast, isn't it? It has, yeah. Isn't it? Is he rugby's biggest arsehole? Um, I think yes and no, in that he can be, <laughs> but then again, he has kind of built a club at sale, hasn't he? And he, he part owns it and he keeps sh- it going. Gives a shit and really, about it. him, yeah, he really gives a shit about it. And him. Doing what he does keeps it in the front of people's minds, doesn't it? You know, it could all yeah. be a calculated PR exercise at the end of the day. He's basically sort of a gobshite, isn't he? Yeah, but, but then again, he brings talent through, and yeah. he does. You know, he, he does spends money. He, like it's weird. He's like Murad Bujalal. He really is. Yeah, he is. He's a maverick, isn't he? He's yeah. a maverick. Hmm. What else have we got on Twitter then? Uh, Alvaro got in touch on Twitter and said, shit was a drunken Scarlets fan depositing most of her pre-match entertainment on my mate's shoes at Parker Scarlets. <laughs> oh, oh, rugby in Wales on a weekend. Oh. You can't beat it, can you? Uh, what time did that game kick off? Like seven? Yeah. It was pretty late, wasn't it? you got no chance, have you? Yeah. No. Right, then, should we move on to good? Yes. What have you got that's good? Um, good is... And I, I, you know, I don't like to use multimedia, but good is this piece of incredibly insightful analysis from Phil Davis. When they get the ball into the back, as you see there, I'd like to see the, the actual penetrator come in really hard. <laughs> <laughs> was that you giggling at the end of the recording? That was, that was, that was, uh, Harrison Ford on Twitter, Lloyd, who, uh, the giggle at the end of there. Can we just have the giggle at the end again? Because I, I, the giggle makes me so happy. Here we go. Oh, you prick. When they get the ball under the back, as you see there, I'd like to see the, the actual penetrator come in really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. It's wonderful. That I mean, it's glorious. You do want to see the penetrator coming really hard, to be fair. Really Who doesn't want to see that? From the back. I mean, it's it's... It it's was childish, but we like it's it. It's incredibly childish. It made me laugh an awful lot when it <laughs> happened, especially because Phil Davis was wearing a sort of weird, like Paddington Bear duffel coat at the time. <laughs> which... I like it. It would have been the dawning horror on his face as it was coming out of his mouth as well, because you do know yeah. when these things are coming out, don't you? Yeah, and I do wonder if, if in the studio that it's Scrum Five, they were just like cut to cut to the next one, cut to the next one. Whatever you do, don't let him finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's great what else is good uh, sorry to bring um, things about more prosaic good. things yeah. but yeah uh, Steph Evans is good he is again um, yes 
again. He just does things that very few other wingers can do, like that kick for the Scarlet's try. Speaking of that also, did, did you see Jordan Lamore? Which is a brilliant name, by the way. Uh, he is also in my good, actually, yes. this week. But um, while we're talking about wingers all... doing crazy things... It's... Oh, I mean, it's always dicey using the bod comparison with anybody Irish. Yeah. But that was body, wasn't it? It was. Well, he was quicker than body, I think, if yeah, you're going to go yeah. that way. And and I would say, because he always looks slightly off balance, Brian O'Driscoll. I know that sounds ridiculous because he wasn't, but no, he, 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 his step was quite obvious. His it's change of direction was freewheeling nature. Yeah, there was a kind of like flap, you know, wheeling arm sort of thing about it. It yeah. looks a bit like a, a, a sort of bowler on a run up who got carried away downhill or something. Whereas um, this guy just looked totally, totally balanced and in control mm. all the way through. Speaking he, of which... He is a talent. Speaking of which, also good, Toulouse Veanu. Did you yeah. see the try, his first try that he scored against Newcastle where he stepped three people and then I swear <laughs> to God the line was in front of him and he looked to his left and thought, no, I'm going to step you as well. I'm going to have another one. He, yeah, he kind of ran it. towards the fourth bloke and stepped <laughs> in as well just because I, you know, I can. Just rubbing it in quietly, by the way. Leicester are quite good now, aren't mm, they? Johnny May, 10 tries. Anything mm, that can produce get... that, there's something going on there, isn't there? It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, I think they might end up doing some good things this season. But they always used to do that anyway, no matter what they look like. It's only been the past, people forget, yeah. it's only been the past couple of years that they've, they've looked, they've, they've not really achieved something. Because they've always had, a, yeah. they've, they've always built towards the end of the season quite well, and they've always ended up in the playoffs, usually. So in the past couple yes. of years, it's all gone a bit wrong. So it's yeah. just a return to normality, really. It is, really, isn't it? But um, with Johnny May scoring lots of tries. But yeah, go on. Yeah, which is still weird. They've just taught him how to run in a straight line, haven't they? Which I think they've basically... I, th- I think it helps not being at Gloucester. Sorry, Gloucester fans. Mm. But actually having people inside you that run straight and you know where mm. to pick... Because I don't think he's the brightest lad, Johnny. So I think that actually just knowing where to run, you know, this is your job. You stay out there and you just hit that line at this time. And I think, yeah, you know. Yeah, literally all you need to do is I'm not, just It sounds stay like I'm out. damning him with faint praise. I'm not. You know, he's a winger. I think he's been taught to do a winger's job properly. Yeah, he's just saying, you you get your boots chalky. Yeah. And stay out there. And use that and ridiculous do... pace to run onto the ball mm. properly. And we'll take care yes, of the rest and, of it. and tries will happen. And they are. And it's, yeah, fair play to him. What else have we got that's good? I've got uh, Falatau's Fuck It, I'll Do It Myself. Oh, God, that was fucking brilliant, wasn't it? it... I just love the running, the running full tilt with ball carried as loaf of bread. Yes. Oh, It's when he got to that. him and I thought, well, they've got this covered. And then he just set off. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Give it... And it's like, fuck, he's really quick. He like, really is. Like he doesn't show. He doesn't show it very often because he doesn't get the ball in space nearly as often as he should have. But Jesus Christ, he's fast and hard and skillful. Oh, he's just a different, a completely different gravy altogether. And handsome, and a great man in so yeah. many ways. He yes. is though. He's just brilliant. Lovely beard. Really nice beard. Like it's not over the top. It's just nicely, you know. What else have I got that I? It's everything about him. What else was good this weekend? Uh, Dean Hammond, I don't know if you saw this in this detail, but Dean Hammond's dive finish for Worcester versus Quinns in one of his tries. Yes. He lifted, he kind of soared through the air and was being launched <laughs> to touch at the same time and managed yeah. to get the ball down. It was glorious. Yeah. Big fan of that. Speaking of, of glorious things, did you see the Barbarians disallowed 
up the jumper try routine oh, that yes, they're against Australia. <laughs> I did, yeah. Which I bullshit you're not allowed to do that. Fuck that. Well you should be. Why, why... Rules yeah. are made to be broken. <laughs> I I I loved the fact, the way that they committed to it in that half of the people who ran out of that little huddle had their fists up their jerseys pretending <laughs> like you do when you're a child pretending to be a pregnant woman pretending yes. to have the ball. It, it was great. Or doing that thing where but... you where you put your hand inside the arm of your sleeve and put your hand up your jumper and did that, that pumpy hand thing. <laughs> yes, I, I would have appreciated someone doing that. That would have been even better, wouldn't it? Yeah. That it's amazing. They can, they can change a law within about two months which makes everyone miserable like this stupid fucking tackle offside law. But something like that, yes. they, they, they don't want to do anything about. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, can we not, like, are you telling me that the game of rugby would be made any worse if you could stick the ball up your jumper? Tom Dare got in touch on Twitter and he said, good for him. Is Marlon Yard going to sail? Yeah, but the, the reason he gives is, why have one ill disciplined, expensive right wing who's a revolving door in defence when you can have two? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's doubling up in, in the best. Sense the, of the word, the, I guess. Both the best and worst sense of the word. Yeah. yeah. I still don't see how that's going to work. I still don't see why he'd want to go to sale. I don't see why people want to pay big money for Marlon Yard. He's all right. But, no, yeah. You know, he's okay, but I don't think he's much better than Byron McGuigan. He's not better than Byron. He's in the Scotland squad this week. He's not better than Byron McGuigan. He's not yeah. better than... No, I mean, you look at like clubs that would desperately need him. There aren't really many because he's kind of a functional he's a big lad yeah yeah lot to be said for it it seems (laughs) yeah apparently so Uh, good Uh, another good Peebles Elbow got in touch on Twitter and he said good is George Horn's first start first try first man of the match he's Peter Horn's brother apparently oh is he really yeah so that's another another good shout for Scotland I'd retire now while you can sunshine it's probably not getting better than that Peter Horn is in the squad. We didn't talk about the Scotland squad earlier, did we? But Peter Horn's in the no, Scotland squad. No, we didn't, squad. because they're along with no Scottish players. <laughs> I know, bless them. Yeah, they've even they've even discovered that Luke Hamilton's Scottish, who know, uh, yeah. who, fa- who famously got sent off for Wales under twenties while playing and got a red card uh, for fighting against Scotland when playing for Wales under twenties. So, uh, well, he's got the kind of I mean, attitude yeah, they need. They know that well, already. He already loves the Scots clearly. So. Uh, yeah, that'll go down really well. I do like that. Yeah, Rich, weird. I, I, I love. There's not enough Rich Harley in Scotland for me. I love Rich no. Harley. He's a horrible nuggety ginger get, and I love him. I think that yeah, the Scotland team needs a little bit of that. I think him it, I plus feel. the Mish plus who else would you look at really? <clears throat> Swinson is who's left? Who's, who's left? Standing? Who's left? Tim Swinson's still yeah. standing. Yeah, yeah, bastards. Johnny Gray still all right? Grant Gill? No, well anyway. So there you go. Uh, what have I still got? What am I on now? We're still on good, aren't we? Yes. Good. Uh, Tom Davis said, Hadley Park's been called up by Wales yet. Paul Williams would agree with you on that one, Tom. Um, but he said, shit is the Welsh public moaning about it. Yeah, the whole residency thing. Oh, get over it. Well, get over it. Honestly, is what it is, have it? you seen how many non-Scottish people are in the Scottish squad? Uh, Bundyaki's in the Island squad. Shit, guys. No Simon yeah, Zebo, Bundyaki's in it. there. You know, clearly they've decided that uh, he's not important enough to get the Johnny Sexton exemption. So, uh, <laughs> speak, you know, in similar thing, uh, Reese Webb hasn't been picked by the Ospreys even in the 23 for two weeks, despite being fit since the whole Wales debacle happened. That is very interesting. Mm. But he's been picked by Wales. But, yeah, talk about Go shooting figure. yourself in the foot. Yeah, The Island squad looks very good, by the way. We didn't talk about it mm-hmm. earlier, but it looks very, very good. 
And no, the I continued they... resurrection of Ian I'm Useless Keatley continues. Yes. And the continued resurrection of Dave Carney as well. Well, all the Carneys. <laughs> Dave the baffled puffing Carney is there. Somehow. And so's Rob. Somehow. Yeah. It's just ancient. It never ends. Ancient Rob and. Because when you look at that state. island back line, the back selection actually, it could go like one or two ways, couldn't it? You could go sort of. McCloskey, Young and exciting. Stockdale, yeah. McGrath, Carberry, yeah. or yeah. you could, you know, Henshaw, but you, or you could go double Carney. Yeah. Keith Earls. Lee, Keith Earls. Yeah. But, it but, depends on whether Joe Schmidt wants to continue to pretend that it's still 2009, <laughs> or does he want to accept that it's 2017? Does it, I tell you what, there's a lot to like about that Ireland squad. A lot to like I know, about they're it. Going to be, I think they could have a very good autumn again. And, uh, yeah, fair play. And finally, I suppose, to bring it to a close, uh, Damien Matthews got in touch on Twitter. Hello, Damien. And he said, good is the Glasgow Warriors maintaining their 100% record in the Pro 12. They downshifted it to it just very being in the Pro that. 12 now. Good for them. And, uh, and he says, but yeah, better yeah. is... And I think this is probably an in-joke. I don't understand it. But he says that better is hashtag East Stand Massive maintain best rugby stand in UK and Ireland. Smiley face, East Stand Massive. Good for you, East Stand Massive. I, I, don't, I don't know what that, that means, what... but all power to you, lads and lasses. I imagine the shed would probably have something to say about your best stand in the UK claims. Fight, fight, probably... fight, yes. fight, fight. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we want. And that brings us to the end. <laughs> I think that is the end. Have it you got does. anything else you want to tell me? No, Jesus, no. <laughs> We've actually been doing quite well recently, but it's back around one twenty, one hour twenty again this week. I do apologise. Yeah, it's all Paul's fault. Blame Paul. It is all Paul's fault. Thank you mm. all for tuning in as per usual, and we'll see you all soon. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, fuck! get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network.